forward to coming here about you or what I should say or or not say. Um, I can show you my notes. I have a topic, and it says, I, say it with me, I am not every woman. Say it again. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Say it again. Close your eyes and say it quietly to yourself. Now say it loud. Okay. You say it until I believe you. Say it until you believe it. Praise God. Is that true? Whitney Houston sings a song, I Am Every Woman. I kind of missed out in the 80s. I really don't know what, what happened during the 80s. I was a young wife and mother, and I was in a complete different world. I didn't have a TV in my home. Um, my, my whole world was my husband and my children raising my children and I honestly it was during the late 90s and and, excuse me (sighs) (laughs) during the late 90s and, and, and during the 2000s I began to realize that some things took place. Some new um, movie stars were were on the scene, and, and music stars. And I knew of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Diana Ross, and Michael Jackson. I grew up with these people, and and the Isley Brothers, and and all these other people. But during the eighties, I had no clue what was going on in the world. I was in church. I followed the rules, and I was very focused, raising children, and so on. So as I began to learn of all these new people that were out there and new music, I would hear things when I was in the store shopping, you hear a song, but the world was not my focus. Now I'm more aware of what's going on, that children are grown and, you know, I can focus on what's happening around me. And I heard this song Whitney Houston sing, and one day... I decided to go on YouTube and, and, and look up this song, and I wanted to hear, what is this song saying? I wanted to hear, I am every woman. What, what exactly is she saying? And I went and I found a music video, and I sat and I watched it. And immediately, I said, no, I am not every woman. I am a born-again, apostolic Pentecostal, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, tongue talking, Christian woman. And more than that, I'm proud of it. I am not every woman. I'm not a prostitute. 
I'm not a divorced woman, and there's nothing wrong with you being divorced. If you've got a husband that's beating the daylights out of you, you need to tell that brother where to go. There's reasons for divorce. I'm not a bag woman. I'm not a homeless woman. Come on, you guys help me. There's, tell me all the different types of women that are in our world. Come on, think about it. Call out some, some titles. I'm not, um, I'm stuck up. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little bougie. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit bougie. A little bit. And, and you you got to have a little something, something in your life. You can't just be, you know, I'm a, I'm a little stuck up. I've been told I'm stuck up. And I said, no, I'm not. My husband says, yeah, you are. You're a little bougie. But not to the extreme where it's disgusting. I People sometimes uh, misinterpret what that means, what bougie is. You know, and when I say I'm a little bit bougie, not in an arrogant, uh, mean-spirited manner um but i want y'all to help me tell me about the different types of women in our world that we know of you have um you have the prostitute she's a different kind of woman she doesn't know that she's valuable she doesn't know that she can do better than selling her body she doesn't know that because if she really knew that no matter what her circumstances, she wouldn't allow herself to go. She would learn how to trust God. But when you think you can't do any better and you don't deserve any better, you can be this woman and that woman. And I watched this video and Whitney Houston, if I remember correctly, she was depicting different types of women. She had the woman with the skirt way up, way up under here. And, and then she had some um, some pants on that wasn't really pants. They were like painted on. <laughs> they were so tight and, you know, all these different women. And she had, it was just crazy. And I, I said, no, we as Christian women have to understand that we are not every woman. We have women that think that they are men. They want to be a man. That's a perverted mind. You think I want to walk around looking like a man? Check me out. You think I want to be a man? No. Check you out. Take a look at yourself, not just on the outside, but on the inside. You're special. You were made for a purpose, a special purpose. My topic is I am not every woman. Your identity in the Lord, that means something. You're not every woman. The scripture says all these different types of women that we could name. The scripture says such were some of you. So though I was a prostitute and though I was a homeless bag woman and though I was a divorced woman and though I was all these different labels that we can paint, I am not that woman anymore. I have 
been brought in out of that darkness and into not just light, but the scripture says into his marvelous light. Wow. Not just out of darkness, into, but marvelous light. We are Cinderella. And Jesus is our prince. And he doesn't lie to us. This, this Jesus, he doesn't have just one castle or mansion. There's nothing that we can desire that he cannot provide and won't provide. He says no good thing. There's women in our world that is labeled gold diggers. I'm not that woman. There's so many types of women that we can, we can name. We are none of those negative, stereotype women, not as Christian women. And sometimes, even among ourselves, we treat each other. If you knew that I was a prostitute before I came to the Lord, you'll never let me live it down. Never let me live it down. If you knew that I was a lesbian before I came to the Lord, you won't let me live it down. What the problem is? There's so many types of women. And, and a lot of the things that we got caught up in during our time before we came to the Lord, we... We had reasons why we ended up in this situation and that situation. Um, maybe I was an abused woman, raped as a child or a teenager, whatever. And, and I started to become one of the promiscuous women. So many labels. And when we come to the Lord, we tend to even ourselves beat ourselves up and start and continue to behave with the same mindset. We come into the church, and, and because sometimes we're not being taught how to be a, a Christian, we tend to just linger around that same place, you know, always looking back, always yearning to go back because I don't understand this Christian journey. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't wear a long dress because that makes me holy. It has nothing to do with holiness. As far as that goes, I do it because I like the way it looks. I used to wear skirts like this just under my knee for years, all my suits right there under my knee. But then one day I said, you know what? I'm just going to start wearing long skirts because I like it and I look fabulous in it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Sometimes I put on one of my old suits and I feel naked because my legs, sometimes I say to my daughter, look, I've got legs. Because nobody has seen my legs in forever. But I just love my long skirt. They just kind of just, they just stands out. They're just different. And I just love the way it feels and I love the way it looks. And your, your, the way that you carry yourself says something about you. There's some Christian women that they dress the part. Modest dressing, skirts not too tight, um, everything's in place. And, but their attitude, oh my goodness. You call yourself a Christian? It's not just an outward thing, it's an inward thing also. 
And, and some people say, well, um, God doesn't care how you look on the outside. It's the heart. It's the heart. And yet, <laughs> they won't even work on the heart if that's what they believe. How can you say that and yet you won't work on that? It's an inside and an outside thing. Because we're not every woman. Such were some of us. We used to be this and we used to be that. We are no longer. Now we're of the family of God. We are princesses. We've been brought into a marvelous situation. We are the ones that everyone should be jealous of. Everyone should look at us and say, man, I want to be in that family. I, I want to I be a Christian woman. They should, they, when they're around us, they should know we're not like them. They should desire to be like us. When I, when I see, uh, uh, sometimes we're out in the street and we see a woman. And she's so derogatory in the way she looks that we can't even look at her. Because she makes us feel bad. She, if she's naked, we feel naked because we identify with her as a woman. And if she's carrying herself shamelessly, we feel that. We feel for her. We are not every woman. A woman that is under the umbrella of the devil, serving herself, serving the devil, she can walk around without shame. And that doesn't mean every woman that is not a Christian is shameless. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the fact that she's able to do whatever she wants to do. If she wants to be a prostitute, her father, the devil, has no problem with that. If she thinks about it, he has no problem with setting up the situation to lead her down that path. If she desires to be this or that, trust me. Like our, unlike our father... If the Lord sees us desiring to go down the wrong path, he will do everything in his power to, to, to guide us away. He will give us a way of escape. It's up to us to pay attention and listen. When your pastor preaches, when your, your pastor's wife preaches or teaches or exalts you, it's your job to pay attention. Because God is not going to come down, take you by the hand, and lead you. And says, no, honey, come on, this way, watch your step. Come on, honey, come on, baby, you can do it. Come on, watch your step. Oops, come on, come on. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. So we have to understand how this thing works. It works through preachers and teachers, evangelists. We were given for the perfection of the saint. And if we don't pay attention to what is being said, then we're not going to grow. We're not going to be in the will of God. We're not going to go anywhere. First of all, if you don't grow, you can't go. If you don't grow, you can't go. Again, this is our preparation. This is where the bride of Christ gets into the spa and she bathed. 
um, a, a princess when she's being prepared for 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 wed, her wedding, she has because of her her position being a princess, she doesn't have to go and run her own bath. She has people. She has people. Guess what? We have people. They're called pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets. We don't understand. We are not every woman. Get it. We are princesses. It's hard for us to accept that, but we are not every woman. We are no longer of the world. We've got people now. So when the devil tries to tempt you, you say, call my people and, you know, I won't call yours. You check with your pastor. You check with your pastor's wife. Now, this church is a young church. My husband and I, we don't like to say small church. We say young church. So you have a dilemma on your hands. Your pastor and his wife are people that you've known for a long time, right? A lot of you knew them a long time ago before they took on this position. So you have a dilemma on your hands. How are you going to treat these two lovely people? They're no longer Wayne and Nicola. No, they're not. He's no longer just any man. She's no longer just any woman. But this is what some of us do. We put the mask on. So when, when it's time for her, to the, the, the woman of God, to be treated as such, you put your mask on. And you're really saying, talk to the hand. I know you. I, I've, been, I've been a girl, please. You can't tell me nothing. I know, I've known you for, for how many years? And yet you really don't know her. You really don't know her. And now she's in a position where she's not Nicola anymore. She's your pastor's wife. She didn't get up one day and says, um, I'm going to be a pastor's wife. No woman gets up and says, I want to be a pastor's wife. So you have to recognize that she's not Nicola to you anymore. She's your first lady. And if you don't treat her as such, guess what? You're going to be in trouble with God. I'm, I'm not kidding you. You will be in trouble with God. And if it's, too, if it's too hard for you to say, Sister Wyatt or First Lady, then you need to go pray through. Because in order for her to minister to you the way that she is called to, you have to give her the support that she needs she's not every woman she's not every woman this little girl is her daughter she's not every little girl believe it or not this little girl is going to grow up in this church and when she becomes 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 she will hate some of you because she's watched you over the years how you treated her mother how you've talked about her mother, how you've disrespected her mother. And she won't ever let you know 
But everything you say around her thinking she's just a little girl and she's not paying attention and she doesn't understand and she's not hearing you, she hears everything and she sees everything. She will grow up to understand one day that she's not every little girl. She's not every daughter. She's a first daughter. Her mother is not every woman. And if you show her mother the respect and honor that she deserves as your pastor's wife, she will show you the respect and honor that you deserve as her elders in the church. We are not every woman. I'm not every woman. It was a long time ago. My grandmother taught me that I was special. She taught me to be a lady. People tell me all the time that I'm such a lady, and I always say it's my grandmother. The little things that she taught me and the way she carried herself. My grandmother was just a country lady. But when she set a table, everything had to be, and, and she didn't have fancy glasswares and, 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 and chinas. She didn't have that. Just plain, ordinary things. I don't know who taught her, but I saw something in her. I never wanted her to die, but one day she left. But she left something with me. She left self-respect with me. Not every woman. Jesus will not marry every woman. That's why he's incorporated all types of us. Covered under his blood. Washed. We have been washed and now we're getting dressed. Now we have to learn how to hold the fork right. And how to use the napkin. You don't grab the napkin and just go like this. You take it and you dab. Because not every woman knows how to do that. Not everybody insists. Some people will use their sleeves. Some women have picked up their skirt and wiped their mouth because they're not trained to have self-respect and how to be. We are not every woman. Say it again. I'm not every woman. And you have to remember that. When I'm out and about, I strut. I don't walk. I strut. And I do it on purpose. You want to know why? I know people are checking me out. And I'm not talking about men. Men and women. People. They check me out. Because I'm strutting. I walk with pride. I walk like I'm something. And I do it on purpose. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. When I walk into a room, I, I, I pretend everybody is checking me out. And I don't have to turn my head from this, that, from over there to over here. It's not about that. I don't have to wear my skirt so tight that, you know, the brothers in the church can't take their eyes off of me. They've got wives, but we come in and we act like we're a hoochie mama out, of the, out in the street. Our skirts are so tight, we don't look like Christian women. So much has changed in the church. And I know some of us will have excuses as well. I'm overweight and I can't help it. There's a word my grandfather would say. I can't say it right here. <laughs> Jesus gave his all. So if we have to put on a, a bag 
and dress it up, then let's do it. Anything for you, Lord. Didn't we sing, I will give you all? If all is what you ask of me, I'll give you all. Let me remember Calvary's cross. Oh, these songs are so powerful and and they, they make us feel so dedicated when we sing them and we really mean it. But not really. Not really. Because every day we have another opportunity to prove that we will give our all. I used to wear my skirt tight. I had a situation that I went through and I did it on purpose. And every time I came out with my tight skirt, I felt convicted, but I didn't care. And then one day I said to myself, what the problem is? What are you doing? Years ago, a a young lady, 14 years old, she came to me and she said, she says, I want to be like you when I grow up. It was the first time anybody had ever said such a thing. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? What the problem is? You're not living for yourself. You're not living for yourself. Some sisters in the church, if they see you come out, everything is out of whack all the time. They think it's okay that they do it. They don't say, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be like her. They're so immature and so weak. They just think, well, hey, we can do that. We can come in here looking crazy. Your pastor shouldn't have to, you know, be checking you out. The married brothers in the church and the unsafe and the, the single brothers, they shouldn't have to be checking you out if you're somebody's wife because you're coming and saying, check me out. No. We're not every woman. You can't get a husband if you're letting everybody else's husband check you out. And a lot of men in the church, they will be checking you out, but they're saying, Mm-mm, I don't want that one. You might think, oh, because I'm, I'm letting it all hang out, that, you know, that means, you know, you're going to... No. The sensible brothers. Don't you want a sensible brother? Don't you want a mature man? You don't want the brother that all he wants is what he can see? No. You can look nice without... Everything is just, you know, nothing left to the imagination. Such were some... That's what we used to be. I had a dress on the other day, and it was a little big, and because I'm putting a little bit of weight on, I didn't care that it was a little big, because my stomach just won't stay in. I was trying to get hers this morning. (laughs) You know? My stomach just wants to do its own thing. It just wants to go. I'm like, look, I'm not pregnant. You need to calm down. So my husband says, I don't like that dress. It's too big. If that's what I have to wear to be modest, I'll do it for you, Lord. If my husband doesn't like it, and I know it's because I may be fighting against the tight skirt that I want to wear, then I'm just going to have to over. Because even your, the person closest to you, the enemy can use sometimes to, to, to trip you up and say, oh, well, I don't like that. And you're like, oh, you don't? Oh, good, I'm just going to go back and, no, you've got to pay attention. 
And they may not mean anything. They're, they're being honest with you. But you know your struggles. You know that you're struggling. Because I've got some, some things that I want to wear. I do. I have some things in my closet that I used to wear. Man, I love to wear them. But I've put on a couple of pounds, and I know some of them I can't even get them over my hips. But some of us will put them on anyway. And I've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's all about what Jesus wants. What is best for my Lord? How would my prince be happy with me? If you're not every woman, then you have to walk carefully. You have to make your calling and election sure. If you look back, the scripture says you are not right. You're not fit. Them is fighting words. And yet, who are you going to fight? Who are you going to fight? The Lord is just letting you know this is how it is. Take it or leave it. You're not fit for the kingdom. You have to deny yourself some things. Take up your cross and follow him. What shall it profit a man? A woman, a boy, a girl. What, what is our profit if we lose our soul? Some of us are going to lose out with God over tiny little things. Lose out with eternal life over simple little things. Say it again, sis. Foolishness. Didn't the scripture say we shouldn't be foolish? This is what I love about the Bible, and it scares me because it's so thorough. Nothing that you can talk about, think about, desire to know is not in the Scripture. Everything. Just search it out. It's there. If you know something God doesn't know, then you need to be God. Anything you need to debate, contemplate, learn, Whatever, it's in the scriptures. Seek it out. Learn and go. You, you cannot go unless you grow. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. And if we don't act like we have a sound mind, then we're just going to be foolish women. The, the new converts that come in, don't beat them up because their skirt is too tight or too short. Give them a little time. They're still wearing earrings and nail polish and all of this stuff. Give them a little time. Let them, let them learn. You're not doing so good yourself. You're not doing so good yourself. There was a sister in our church years ago. She... It was three years, and one day she just came to church, no earrings, and I noticed it, and I didn't say a word to her, because maybe she was just testing the waters, and then the next week she'd be in them again, and then I'd probably be disappointed. I just left her alone, and, and they watch. 
They watch you. Sometimes they don't think they can do it. They'll stay in the church for a while and they they, want to see, can I do this? Give them some time. Give them some support by you being consistent. Be consistent. You teach them how to become. The Lord wants us to become. When a baby is born, a baby cannot get up and walk. They have to become a toddler. Toddlers learn how to walk, not babies. You've got to give them time to grow into a toddler. In the church, we want people to just, there's some churches that won't even baptize you unless you take your earrings off. No. First time I went to church, I wore a party dress. And then I wore pants a couple couple times after, after I got saved. I got saved the first time. Got the Holy Ghost the first time I went to the Pentecostal church. And I wore my pants for like maybe a couple of weeks. The ladies in the church started giving me their secondhand clothes, skirts. And they would give me $10 here, $10 there. My, we talked about character the other night. Um, my pastor's wife would give me a $20 or a $10. That was many moons ago, so that was a lot of money. I could go get a skirt for $20 or, or even a suit maybe. That was in the 70s. And, and my pastor's wife would give me $10 here or $20. And if she gave me $10 and my pastor later on, he would see me and he would give me $10. His wife had already given me. And I would tell him, Sister Morris gave me $10. I didn't just take his money. His wife already gave. This is a family I'm taking from. Character. Character. There was another sister that this was happening to her. They were both giving her money because we were young in the church and they're just trying to help us out. And they would give, one would give her money and then the other one, and she would just take it and run with it. And when I said, and I didn't know they were giving her money because I was going through trials, so I thought they were just trying to help me out. But whenever she gave me money, if he was trying to give me money, I would tell whomever gave me last, I would say, um, your husband gave me or your wife gave me some money so, you know, you can keep that. And they started to tell me that this other young lady, they were giving her money. She wasn't telling them anything. Because remember, when they go home, she's going to say, I gave sister so-and-so some money. And, and then the other one is going to say, well, I gave her some money. Character. And it has to do with how you're raised. And how you follow through. The Lord teaches us how to be his daughters through the preaching and the teaching of the word. He's not going to come down physically and drag you around and follow you around. And, and point you in, and, and make sure and make sure you, you do this. No, the preaching and the teaching. So as I said last night, you're going to have to drop some people out of your life. It's a must. When, when a boxer is going into the ring, if it's, a, if it's a, a, a boxer that is seasoned and they retired for a little while, when they're going back into the ring to fight because they run out of money, it's, quick, it's a quick buck. Get beat up and get a couple million. When they're ready to go back into the ring, guess what they do? They go into training vigorous training. You know why? 
not because they don't know how to box. They've gained some weight while they were on vacation. You can't go fighting the devil overweight with all this weight on you, backbiting and, and, and sniping, you know, at your sister, talking about your pastor, talking about his wife, talking about his children, talking about one another. Wait. Hang-ups. Immaturity. Only an immature person will not realize my pastor's wife is not every woman. Only an immature woman will, will, won't get that. If you're a mature person, you'll get that. You'll understand. She is not every woman. And even if I don't feel like calling her by her last name because I've known her since she was five, you'll get over it. You do it as unto the Lord. And you have to humble yourself to do that. When you humble yourself to your leaders and show them the respect that, that is due, you honor the Lord. Everything you do as unto the Lord, another brick is building your mansion. Another brick. You're growing. Every little thing that you do that, that is, is unto the Lord and is righteous, you're growing. You may not even feel it until one day a big thing comes and you realize, I can whip this. And then you say, ooh, you don't even know when it happened because you were paying attention to the little details. The little things that, 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 we, that trips us up. It's not the big things that trips us up. It's the little things. If the carpet is rolled up, you're going to see it. Big old carpet just rolled up in your way. You're just going to see it's a big thing, so you'll step over it. But it's that little snag in the carpet that you didn't see it. Next thing you know, you're flat on your face, embarrassed. Flat on your face. And you want to know something that I, that I notice with life? When we fall flat on our face, it's usually in front of people. It's in front of people. And sometimes the people that don't like us, our little enemies, you hate it when they see you fall on your face. Pay attention. Stop wearing these masks in church. Be open with each other. Be honest with each other. Why can't I tell you, sister, your skirt is too short, it's too tight. That's not how a Christian woman dresses. Why can't I say that to you and you don't get all bent out of shape and start talking about me and acting like, you know, I don't know who she thinks she is. How are we going to grow? We just keep hearing messages after messages, and we just keep going around in circles. We're just coming to church. And God forbid, we hear pastor preach. You know, sometimes pastor is going for it. The anointing is rich, and pastor is on the money today. And for some reason, he's not touching any of my issues. It's your issues. And we're the ones, yes! Go ahead, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor. We're so shameful. <laughs> oh, my goodness, we're so shameful. We're not going to grow. 
and we're not going to go. Start making yourself a priority in the Lord. He's coming back one day. He really is coming. Otherwise, get out of the church if you don't believe it. He's coming back again. What's what the problem is? Y'all forgive me for that. He's coming back again. Don't you think about it sometimes and it scares the daylights out of you? It scares the daylights out of me sometimes when I think about it. Is he going to find me righteous? I told you the other night, read the book of John. It says, if you're in the body of Christ, you don't sin. And I'm like, Lord, really? That's kind of, that's, there's some harsh, straightforward words. But we can't say he didn't tell us. It's all there. And if God says this is the way it should be, this is the way he wants it, that means we have to find out what must I do to be saved. And you've got to be determined. I can't be determined for you, and you can't be determined for me. So you're going to have to get honest with some sisters and say, Sister, I love you, but I see your weaknesses, and I know I have some of those same weaknesses. i got to save myself. We can't hang out together anymore unless... You're willing to, to pray and fast with me, and, and, and we can do these things that will help. And, and, and I'm going to commission you to tell me the truth. When you see me not looking right, when you see me not talking right, when you see me not walking right, when you see me being lazy, when you see me just lagging back, talk to me. Be honest with me. But you've got to pledge. I've got to pledge to you. I won't get upset at you. I won't not love you. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you. You've got to save yourself. You've got to be determined. You've got get it, get in somebody's face and challenge them to look out for you and, and vice versa. So when she comes and she says, you know, the scripture said we shouldn't cut our hair. There's so many things. And I'm not here to preach what your first lady should be, um, is her responsibility. I'm not trying to get Sister Wyatt in, in, in your place or anything. But there's so many things in the scripture. And women, it seems like God requires more out of us sometimes. It seems. But the same thing goes for the brothers. The brothers shouldn't be coming to church with their shirt all open, you know, muscles popping out everywhere, trying to act like, you know, that's not how you find a wife. Nowadays, women, they're just like men. Women see a, 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 a fine man and they're, they're ready, they're drooling. There was a time a woman would just be just pristine and just stay calm. You wouldn't know if she loved. Nope, these girls today, I mean, it's ridiculous. And when I think about it, if women, even 50 years ago, forget about 100 years, if they even see the changes that has occurred in the world, and now you can hardly recognize the church. You can't seem to differentiate the church from the world anymore. So much. What, what is the Lord coming back for? But you know, We can say that, 
But trust me, he's coming back for his bride. It's up to me to make sure I'm a part of that. Nobody can do it for me. Not my pastor, not my first lady. Nobody can do it for me. They're doing their job. Like I said, the only way your first lady can care for you, because that's her job, to care for you. She decides who is the lady's president if she doesn't want to do it. She decides what, even if she appoints one of you to be ladies, ladies' ministry president, she's still the director over you. It's her responsibility to care for you and to make sure the president, if it's not her, make sure the president does what is right for these women. These, you are her daughters. And some of you may be older than her and feel like, oh, you can't tell me anything. No, remember her daughter. Remember that little girl? She's watching you. She hears every comment you make about her mother. You think she's not listening? Little kids, especially little boys, when they're playing on the floor with their, with their little cars, they're watching you. They hear everything. Have you ever been in a conversation and the children were playing? And before you know it, they were busting out telling somebody what you said. And you didn't even see them. They're like the little flies in the room. They're telling you everything. Be careful. Watch that little girl. She's a spy. She's a spy. But the thing about it is when she grows up, that's when you'll know how much she knows. And you're going to put her heart in jeopardy. Because she'll become bitter in her spirit against you. She won't have much respect for you. Because of the way you treated her mother. Because she knew her mother was not just any woman. She may not have understood what that meant, but she knew somehow. As I told you before, the little girl, she's no, she's not every little girl. She's the first daughter of this church. And if you treat her mother right, she'll treat you right. That little girl will protect you. She'll come to you with her problems because she's no different from other little girls in the respect that she's not going to want to tell her mother everything. And she needs to be able to come to you. There's pastor's daughters that ends up pregnant and running away with the wrong guy. She needs to be able to find one of you that she can trust. And you need to know when to take what she tells you to her mother and when not to take it to her mother. You need to be able to give her wise counsel and loving counsel and be her friend and not tell the other people that she didn't tell. Some of us, we get, we get silly, you know, um, if, if, if the pastor's wife come and, and, and tell you something, oh, man, juice. And we're ready to run and tell everybody because we want everybody to, to know that we're tight with the pastor's wife. Oh, I'm tight with the pastor's daughter. I'm tight with the pastor's son. 
So we run around and we just don't understand. We are being honored. So when you, dis, when you go and you, you spread the word, you are dishonoring yourself. It's a position that God is putting you in. You have to honor yourself, honor them, and honor God. And, and we have to protect the family of God. We are not any kind of people. We are a peculiar people. The Jews, there's a sect of the Jews that everybody knows that they're religious and, and, and they're, they're peculiar in their, in their way of living. We're no different from them. But a lot of people don't know who we are. Where's my Jesus people? Walk around. Who's got Jesus on them? Now you're walking behind the people. They can't see you back there. Wherever you go, people should recognize Jesus. Do you know there's people in the street sometimes, in the street, physical street, that would need a Christian to come lay hands on them and pray for them. But how will they recognize you if you look like everybody else? If you haven't prayed this morning, if you're not walking in the spirit, how will they recognize you? Because it's not their capability of recognizing you. It's God being able to use you wherever he wants to use you. Because it's really not about them just recognizing you because you've, you've got Jesus on your back or anything like that. It's, it's you walking right and upright before God where God can draw someone to you. The gifts of the Spirit does not draw people to us. It draws people to God. When we operate in the spirit, we draw people to God. I have something written in the back of my Bible. Let me, let me, he gave this to me years ago and I wrote it down about the gifts of the spirit. And I felt so smart. Okay, it says the fruit of the spirit. Oh Lord, my glasses, my eyes heal me, Lord. Excuse me, ladies. I know they're in here. There we go. It says the fruits of the Spirit will draw people to us. The fruits. Because people like to see you heal somebody. And, 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 and they're drawn to sensationalism. So it's the fruits. But how is God going to use us? How will we manifest the fruits of the Spirit? If we're not walking in the Spirit. If we're not living right. God is not going to use a, 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 a vessel that is contaminated. He shouldn't have to scrub us clean every time he wants to use us. He shouldn't have to put us through the grill in order to use us. We are his people. We are called by him. We are chosen by him. He shouldn't have to pick us up every time he needs to use us and get the Brillo out and the Ajax. 
in order to use us. We should be always ready to be used. First of all, God doesn't have vessels that gets discarded. You know, some is, you know, down here. We're, we should all be vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. Anytime God desires to use us, he should be able to just, that's it. Just point to us. It's done. But the gifts of the Spirit will draw people to God through us. So we have the gifts, and we're, be, we're being exercised in the gift. Don't, it's not about you. Don't get puffed up and trying to heal everything you see. You heal people according to the leading of the Spirit. And if you're being used in the gifts, you're going to have to fall in love with fasting and prayer. You're going to have to fall in love with it because there comes a time. There's some things you won't be able to move if you're not prayed up and fasted up. So the fruits, that's the evidence that you have the gifts. What you do, what you accomplish in the spirit, the fruits of the spirit will draw people to us. So we have to be prayed up because if people is, do you know what happens when people get, get an audience? You begin to say, I'm Jesus. Because you've got an audience. You've become somebody. Don't become anybody in the Lord. Don't become anybody in the Lord. Even Jesus himself made himself of no reputation. How many times he could have just breathed on these, the multitude and just slay them for their ignorance and their wickedness towards him. When they spat in his face, when they pulled his beard, when they called him names, he could have slayed them. But he made himself of no reputation. And I'm so grateful that he kept the main thing, the main thing. And if none of us wants to go and be the bride, if it's just going to be me, I am determined. I'm going to show up. First of all, he's doing me a favor. He's blessing me. And he says, scarcely will the righteous make it in. So if we are scarcely going to make it in, shouldn't we be working overtime? Because no matter how righteous we are, it is scarcely, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We are scarcely going to make it in. Wow, what an honest God. So that means we should be working overtime. The devil does. His camp does. Don't let Anybody infiltrate your life. Like I said, nobody in the world is pretending to be Christians. And just saying I'm a Christian, that's not even pretending. That's stupidity. But nobody is trying to dress like a Christian should dress, talk like a Christian should talk. They're not interested. And we shouldn't be interested in chasing after the world. Because we're looking back. And the scripture says we are not fit. Those are heavy words. If we look back, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. A bad decision is not a mistake. 
How many times we mess up and we just throw it in there? Oh, I made a mistake. No, you didn't. You made a bad decision. There's a difference between a mistake and a bad decision. If we don't have understanding, we're not going anywhere. How many times have I made that statement since this weekend? Maybe three or four times. If you don't have understanding, you're in trouble. A bad decision is the result of, a, of bad choices. Because if you had right choices, then you can't make a bad decision. It's not a mistake. A mistake occurs while you're in the process of doing what you're supposed to do. And then you lose your focus while still thinking you're on the right track. You lose your focus and you slip up. It's like driving. If you don't keep your eyes on the road, you're in trouble. You're, you're driving. That's the right thing to, to get where you're going. But the mistake is you took your eyes off the road. It can be considered a bad decision. But in your mind, you're not making a decision. You're just doing what you normally would do. You need to pick up something, but figure it out. Reach for it. Keep your eyes on the road. It's a mistake to keep driving. While you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're working with a machine that could cut your hand off. It's a bad decision and a mistake to not take, stay focused. The fruits of the Spirit will draw people to us. Because we're not every woman. When people are drawn to us by the fruits of the Spirit, we have to always remember who He is. That the glory does not belong to us. It belongs to Him. Any kind of woman, the world likes when people are drawn to them because now it becomes about them. Now it's their people. Now all of a sudden they've got people. You got a new job and you're making $10,000 more than you are normally and all of a sudden you've got people. Easily we get puffed up. It's the easiest thing to have pride. Bad pride. There's good pride and bad pride. It's easy for us to get people all of a sudden because we make everything about us. Pastor gives you a position to, to be the director of this ministry or that ministry. All of a sudden, you can't listen to his wife anymore because I'm, I'm a director in this church. I've got a position in this church, you, you know, only pastor can tell me what to do. And, and you're not the pastor. Let me tell you something. Your pastor and his wife are one. She is the pastor. And he, as much as he is the pastor, she's also your pastor. She's not your stepmother. As much as he is, because there's some decisions that he won't make unless he discusses it with her. And because she's his helpmate, 
God will speak through her to give him direction on a lot of situations. But you don't know that. That if it wasn't for her, he would have made a wrong decision on your behalf. So they are one. They work together. So you should always remember this woman. Yes, I've known her since she was five. But now she's not every woman. She's now Michelle Obama in this church. Walk carefully. Walk carefully. Being a new creature, and I'm closing. Being a new creature in the Lord is just that. How do you become new in the Lord? You become new through adapting to righteous living. When a baby is born naturally, you expect that baby to grow. Am I wrong? Do you have a baby and you want the baby to remain a baby forever? Mothers get to four or five months and they want the child to walk because they are so tired of, of, of carrying them everywhere and, and, and the, the baby is two months old and you're trying to get them to hold their bottle because you, you're impatient. You, you want them to get, come on already, let's grow up. And then they start walking, and you realize they're not walking. They're running, and they move fast. And now you're like, oh, my God, I wish you'd go back in the crib. It's the same thing in the scripture, in the spirit. We have to grow up. You can't be a baby forever. Don't always say, oh, I'm a new convert. You know, give me some time. How much time do you need, sweetie? How much time do you need? Are you going to be 10 years saying, well, I'm a a new convert? Well, pastor, I can't fast. You know, I've only been in the church five years. You know, I can't fast. Well, pastor, I can't because, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still kind of new to this. How come you don't tell the devil that? When you were 12, you acted like you were 15. When you were 15, you wanted to act like you were 21. It didn't bother you to excel as a sinner, but all of a sudden, oh, pastor, I'm just five years in the Lord. I'm still new at this. No, you're not. You're sitting down. You're drinking the milk of the word every service. You're shouting like the rest of the women. Grow up already. We're going to give you a little time, but we don't expect you to, to live in the crib forever. It doesn't work. In order for us to, first of all, we say the the church is a hospital, right? What happens in the hospital? And then what? You got to get out of here. You don't even have to go home, but you got to get out of here. Because I need that bed. There's people that need that bed. There's people that need this crib. So we need to start getting people to the next level. Be patient with them. Give them a little time. But after a year or so, sister, this is the requirements. You've got to learn how to brush your teeth. You've got to learn how to walk. And if you don't try, your legs will seize up. In China, the women back in the day, way back in the day, and I've seen pictures, they banned their feet because they didn't want to have big feet. 
And now all, there's just a few of those women left. Many have died, but the few that is left, they live in the doctor's office because their bones never grew. And they're in lots of pain because your bones were supposed to grow. And they wear baby shoes, some of these women, three-year-old shoes. That's how small their feet never grew. Get out of the crib. It's time to walk. Jamaican parents, baby gets to be about seven months old. They're shoving mashed potatoes in their mouth. You know, six months. You know, they're, they're, get that food. You know, start eating some hard food. You have to grow. Here in America, dogs are pampered. They have their own food in the store. In Jamaica, you eat what the, the scraps from the table. Nobody's cooking you special food. But we're not every woman. We are peculiar women. And if you're not proud of that, you won't be successful as a Christian. You've got to become proud of who you are in the Lord. You have to become, you have to own it. You've got to strut when you walk. When you're in the street, when you're at work, act like you're somebody. Act like you're special. Believe that you're somebody. Believe that you're special. People don't even know. I just told you my secret. But people don't know how I feel. And this has been going on since I was a little girl. And the reason why I, I strut when I walk into a room and so on and so forth. As a little girl, my mother migrated to the U.S. And majority of my clothes, since I was maybe seven years old, was from America. You know, you know, you, you, you're getting, those of you that are from Jamaica or from another country, you get something from America. You think you are all that and when I would go to a convention with my grandmother, um, I always had a new dress. She would put my dresses in, in the trunk, and she'll take out something. And I grew up kind of like a princess, even though I was in the country. When it was time for me to go to a convention, they would take out dresses. And even for church, every Sunday, my dresses would be laid out on the bed and my socks and the panties with the beautiful little lace on the bottom. Ooh, I used to love those. And the beautiful colors. And they would lay everything out. They would bathe me. I started bathing myself when I was about nine. Because they would bathe me. And, and I felt like a princess growing up in the country. And a lot of us were treated that way because that's just Jamaican parents. We take care of our children. And I got to the point where when I would go to a convention, I always had a new dress on. So, of course, I'm strutting. Little girl, I'm walking in the room, and I felt like the whole room was looking at me. And then one day, I overheard my grandmother talking about me. And she says, she says that Angela, she's not going to be lonely. She's going to have friends when she grow up because she's, she's, she's friendly. I think maybe she saw me strutting or something. I'm surprised she didn't tell me, behave yourself. But she said something to that effect, and I took that and, and built on it. I heard my grandmother say something to her brother-in-law about his teenage son that was giving him troubles. She said to him as he was complaining about his son, you know, a teenager getting into trouble and, and their relationship not being good. 
And I was sitting on the step, that little girl that wasn't paying attention. And I really wasn't eavesdropping. But all of a sudden, I heard that statement. Because I really was just sitting on the step. So we had, I had gone with her a long journey to visit her sister. And I'm sitting on the step waiting for these people to get their conversation over so we can go home. But on the steps, I was sitting outside. And all I was thinking, when is somebody going to feed me? That was what I was thinking. I'm hungry. I need, But you can't even ask sometimes for food. You know, they'll tell you, you just had breakfast 10 hours ago. But the problem is, you know, and I heard her. They were in there talking. They're talking quietly. But all of a sudden, I heard my grandmother make this statement. She said, my, as her brother-in-law was complaining, she said, like she, I think his name was Charles. Whatever he said, he, she said something to him, and then he said, Oh, I'm a grow it out. He'll grow it out. My grandmother said to, to him, she said, Charles, children don't grow things out. They grow them in. And that moment I said, oh, my God, my grandmother is so smart. Because already I knew I was growing some things in. And I'm saying this to say to you, begin to grow in what God is throwing at you every Sunday and every week and every Bible study. Grow it in you. Let it help you. Let it guide you. Let it lift you up. Let it strengthen you. Grow it in. If you have to cut off those leaves around you that is withering and turning brown so that you can thrive, break them off. Break off those brown leaves that's hanging around you so you can have new life. If you're hanging out with the wrong people in the church, you are not growing. Those leaves, they suck the life out of the plant. If you take them off, the plant begins to thrive. Grow in the word of God. Children don't grow things out. They grow them in. In order for you to get rid of those things that, and become a new creature, you've got to grow in what the Lord is giving you. It's the opposite of what the world the world is. We hold on to our ills and our pains and our, and our bad experiences. We hold on to them. But the Lord wants to take them away from us and make us anew. Break off those brown leaves. Dig up around your roots. You know, challenge yourself. Fast a little. If pastor says, let's go three days, you take another, take another day. Nobody has to know about it. You don't have to tell anybody anything. But grow something in. Grow it in. This is the opposite of what my grandmother meant. Grow the word of God in you and let it grow you up. Because if you don't grow, you won't go. Say it again. If you don't grow, if you don't grow, you won't go. Let's stand. not just hiding from life 
but we're sheltering ourselves from growing. You're saying to the pastor when he preaches and teaches you, you're saying, not me. You're saying, look at me. I'm, I got it all together. I don't need this word. That's for her. You're wearing a mask. You're hiding. Because pastor is preaching to people that wants to grow. But your mask, mask says, look at me, pastor. I, I don't need the word. I, I've got it all. I've got it all. Let's come to the front. You are not every woman. And you need to get up and tell yourself that every day. I'm not every woman. What I love about Jesus is that he'll save every woman. He died for every woman. He'll save every one of us, every kind of us. But then we become one. He only wants one bride. Just one. So all of us have to humble ourselves to become a part of this bride. Isn't it wonderful how that he loves us so? I need for you to testify. Tell us what happened to you last night. I think you got a breakthrough. Come on. talk really Healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else want to share their experience for this weekend?